Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to America's Best Baseball Podcast. We take you behind the scenes in and around Major League Baseball with former big league manager Kevin Kennedy and veteran baseball broadcaster Rich Herrera. This is the only weekly podcast hosted by someone like Kennedy who played, coached, and managed in pro ball. So we can take you into the manager's office for a real insider's view of baseball alongside a veteran baseball broadcaster like Herrera who has covered the game from coast to coast. So let's talk some baseball with your hosts. Here they are. The skipper Kevin Kennedy and Rich Herrera. Welcome everybody to America's Women's Kevin. I'm not going to start that way because I just immediately got to get to World Series Game One, and you have to talk Dodger fans down after last night's game. Clayton Kershaw going out, uh, the two aces locking up. Dodger fans need your help right now, Kevin. Well, somebody had to win game one, somebody had to lose. That doesn't mean the team that lost is out of it. That doesn't mean the team that won game one is going to win it all in four straight. So the Dodgers grinded very well. There was one big blow that opened up the ball game in a one-run game, and that was the pinch hit three-run home run off of Alex Wood by Nunez. And uh, that opened up the game enough for the bullpen for the Red Sox did the rest, but the Dodgers have been through this all season long when they were down 16 and 26 at one point of the season, a quarter way through most people wrote them off when they were nine games out of first place. And yet they've grinded out, grinded out, grinded out and came back and uh, won the national league West. They've won the, the divisionals. They've won the LCS and now we're in the world series and it's best out of uh, seven. It's not best out of one. So basically, you just gave me a nuclelouche. We play one game at a time. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose, sometimes it rains. But then you also just dropped on me. This is a resilient ball club that those of the national media and those that haven't been at Dodger Stadium on a daily basis just don't understand. Well, teams uh, back in uh, May, uh, analysts, teams, a lot of people around baseball thought the Dodgers were done. They said, oh, it's not their year. It's the D-backs year or it's the Rockies year. And they obviously just didn't know the Dodgers. I said it at the time. I said it before spring training ended. The Dodgers are going to win the, the National League West. They're going to go to the World Series and win the World Series. I still believe that. They're a better team now than they were in May with the addition of Machado and Dozier and Madsen, et cetera, David Freeze included. And uh, I think they're a better team now than they were last year. And obviously this is a great Red Sox team that won 108 games. But when the Dodgers were down 2 nothing in the first inning, they showed how resilient they are by coming right back and Matt Kemp hitting a 3-2 fastball over the monster for a home run to make it 2-1. to one. So it went back and forth through seven innings, and it took one big crooked number to open the game up. We're going to keep the podcast short and sweet through the World Series so we can make sure we get you information every day. Uh, neither pitcher looked very sharp last night, Kevin. Starter-wise. Uh, no, no. Um... Uh, Clayton Kershaw uh, didn't throw as many curveballs as I hoped he would. He threw a couple of good sliders, one to strike out Mookie Betts, 
But that's the pitch that he's got to have. And I've mentioned this going back to last September when he came back from his injury a year ago, that he hasn't had that same slider since. It's been there off and on, so he's gone to a lot of cutters. And analytics will tell you uh, when you go to websites that he's showing all sliders uh, or they're making every slider a cutter and every cutter a slider. And you say, well, he's showing 44% sliders. No, there's a lot of cutters in there. And you got to distinguish his slider has a lot of depth. And if you heard Kershaw's comments, he said, I didn't have good depth in my slider last night. He did on a couple of them. The one to bets stood out to me, but that's got to be his go-to pitch, especially next outing that he has. And also, I think more curveballs to get him off the fastball because a lot of cutters away, a lot of fastballs away. They went with the ball. They went up the middle. And especially guys like Betts and, and J.D. Martinez. And that's just the way the Red Sox play. The Dodgers know it. And uh, they've got to neutralize that tonight. World Series history is always has uh, somebody that you would never expect to be the hero. Uh, that you would never expect to be the person that uh, everybody wants to talk about. Uh, and I guess for this time around, it's going to be Eduardo Nunez, who we talked about on the podcast of the preview that, well, you know what, they've had some issues. Uh, maybe I'm not sure if that's the right guy at third base. There's lots of reasons why uh, people would look at Nunez, kind of wrinkle their nose, but he turned out to be the hitting hero for the Red Sox last night. Well, Devers has been swinging the bat well. That's why he started against the lefty Kershaw, plus his defense has been better than Nunez. But Alex Cora told Nunez there's going to be a spot where I'm going to need you late in the game because the Dodgers have so many lefties, and the, and the Red Sox had a few lefties in their lineup that Dave Roberts was going to use one of those lefties or two of them to face and knock out one of their left-handed uh, everyday players. And so that's exactly what happened when uh, – Wood came in to face Devers after Baez had struck out two in a row. Dave Roberts went by matchups. That's what he's been doing all season. That's what he's been doing since September. And that's what he's been doing all postseason. So there's no reason that he wouldn't do it now. So even though Wood has given up now three home runs in the postseason, including the big one last night, Dave Roberts continues to say, he doubled down on it, that that's the matchup he wanted. And the back foot slider didn't work. It was a great piece of hitting from a technical standpoint. Nunez went down almost on his back knee. You got to use your legs to hit. And he did. And he got through the low pitch, the low uh, back door slider, and got enough of it to get it up, not just off the monster, but over the monster for a big three run home run. So let's talk about on the uh, the Dodger side as well. Dave Roberts talked a lot about the the fact that this just isn't the Dodger defense. Afterwards, he said, hey, listen, this is a good defensive team. We just had uh, some things we need to tighten up for game two. Well, the pop fly was a tough one for Freeze, you know, the way the route that he took on that one. Of course, in Fenway Park in October, having manager, I can tell you the weather changes frequently there. A lot of times the wind will blow in slightly from right field and it can swirl a little bit. It looked like that's what happened on the pop-up in the first inning that was fouled by Mookie Betts. But Puig was too deep uh, to, to get it. It had to be Freeze's ball. And of course, there were some wet puddles out there as well from the rain, almost, almost a rain delay, but it, as it turned out, there was no rain delay. And that was a big pop-up that he wasn't able to, to catch. He never even got a glove on it, as a matter of fact, and that gave Betts a second chance. When you give an MVP of the American League, a second chance, uh, in all likelihood, he's going to take advantage of that, and that's exactly what he did with the sharp single to center. He stole first pitch right away, but attendee's been on fire this postseason. He hits lefties, he hits righties. Big base hit, and uh, so two plays happened on that base hit. One, uh, it got past Dozier a little bit to his left, 
who has great range, by the way. Betts hit it. Uh, Bet attendee hit it hard enough. And two, um, Betts was going to try to score all the way with his speed. He didn't care if it was Yasiel Puig or not. That's the way the Red Sox are going to play. And Puig made the mistake in the first inning of trying to throw out Betts. And all he has to do is keep the ball in play, hit the cutoff man, keep the double play in order. He didn't do that. So the mistakes in that first inning that Dave Ross is talking about is the overthrow by Puig. That's a defensive mistake. And the missed pop-up by Freeze. And those two mistakes cost him two runs in the first inning. So as I look at the Red Sox, they're playing with house money. Uh, they got David Price going tonight. Uh, Ryu, give me your thoughts. Well, you're playing with house money, but if the, if the Dodgers win, then it's the Dodgers' house. And it doesn't have to come back to Boston. So you don't stop uh, with your urgency and your intensity just because you won game one. The Red Sox know that. Alex Cora knows that. He uh, was a bench coach in a seven-game series last year uh, where the Dodgers won the first game, and the Astros had to come back and win uh, at their own ballpark in Houston last year and come back and win, and then they had to go to Dodger Stadium and win one uh, when they had a 3-2 to two lead, and they finally won game seven after Darvish blew up in the first couple of innings. So um, Alex Cora knows that. He takes nothing for granted. It's a very humble Red Sox team. They'll come out with the same intensity against Ryu tonight that they did last night against Clayton Kershaw. All right, one of the things last night that the announcers talked about and I saw on Twitter everybody was talking about was the weather. You've been a manager at Fenway yeah. Park. Uh, you know what that weather was like. How much is that affecting the Dodgers? Uh, they, they had that stat, and we talked about it last year. Uh, Dodger Stadium, game one, it was 100 degrees. Last night it was, uh, it was about as cold as ice, and there were probably bee stings in every swing. No, it won't affect pitchers too much because they're the one throwing and, uh, you know, staying warm all the time as, as well as catchers. Um, uh, I know it got down into the 40s last night and there was some rain out there. But, you know, guys like Dozier, guys like Machado, they played in cold weather cities. I mean, Minnesota with no roof. I mean, who plays in a colder stadium than that than Brian Dozier? Probably one of the reasons he let off last night. Plus, you got two American League guys all their whole career before they came to the Dodgers. Play that have played Park. Played in Fenway Park, had success. They're both pull hitters, and they're both pull power hitters. So that's why Dozier led off last night. And Machado, of course, drove in three runs overall. So uh, I don't think the weather played that big of a factor last night. Perhaps just the first pop-up I talked about because of the puddles out there and Freeze wasn't sure where he was at, could have slipped. Um, J.D. Martinez did slip on second base when he was trying to go for three on that ball he hit off the wall in center field or shirt off the wall in center field um looks like he'll be okay could have turned his ankle and if he goes out boy that that would really be a huge injury if, if anybody loses somebody key it's going to be a big injury you don't want to see that you want to see everybody healthy you want to see a real good strong 100 percent world series where the best team comes out on top i think what will come into play and already did last night in my opinion is the ballpark the couple bloopers that were hit the left field one that jock peterson especially couldn't get that turned out to be a key uh, blue base hit by Ben Attendee. That was the inning where the Red Sox opened up the ball game. Um, that's a ball that Peterson normally catches, but that short wall there, there's only about a foot between the foul line and the short fence there in left field. I'm not sure that he knew exactly where he was and if he's going to crash into it or not. Okay, wait a second. Baseball 101. Help me out here. We know where the foul lines are. Every baseball park basically right. has the same layout, but why does Fenway Park play so much differently than, let's say, the classic Dodger Stadium? Well, because it's not built in the middle of uh, downtown Los Angeles or downtown Boston where there was a lot of land back in those days in L.A. It was Chavez Ravine was basically torn down, and you can build a symmetrical stadium. The Boston is built uh, downtown where it's uh, based on streets around it, and that's Shoe how ballparks 
Yeah, that's how ballparks were built back in the 1890s and the 1900s. They were built in town based on the, where the streets were. And so Lansdowne Street's behind left field. There's a long right field. It's 380 feet to straightaway right field. And that's why, because it's so short in left field, and Clemens actually, Roger Clemens actually walked it off for me one day. It's not even over 300 feet down the left field line. It's like 297. That's why they have the 38-foot wall, which is tough to play also if you don't know how to play it. You also don't need a, a second cutoff man when the balls hit the left field, so that changes things from a defensive standpoint. The Red Sox know how to play that. The Dodgers, most of them have never played there, so that's going to be different. And also the triangle out there in right center field near the bullpens, especially uh, the Red Sox bullpen, is a tough one to play. And Kiki Hernandez was out there, and really J.D. Martinez's ball could have been caught. Had it been Jackie Bradley Jr. out there, I think he would have caught that ball. The ball didn't even hit the top of the wall. The ball short hopped the base of the wall in the triangle. And Kike didn't really know if the ball was going to be out of the ballpark, off the wall. And really the angle he even took, it was behind him and to his left. And had he known that, known exactly how to play it, I think he might have caught that ball. It would have been a tough play, but it was a play that's catchable if you're used to playing there a lot and you're a bona fide center fielder that plays out there every day. He plays a good center field. But he's not a normal center fielder. He's a shortstop second baseman. And um, that, I think, was uh, the difference in that base hit. Turned out to be a double last night for Martinez. All right. Uh, give me 60 seconds on Ryu starting tonight for the Dodgers. Ryu will change speeds. He'll throw his curveball behind the count. You'll see a lot of change-ups in hitters counts, 2-1 counts, 3-0 and o counts, 2-0 uh, uh, and o counts to the right-handed hitters. You'll see the curveball and, and the cutter a lot to left-handed hitters. He'll spot his fastball. He'll, he'll go up, down, and in and out. And when he's on, he has excellent command. He had, wasn't on in his last start against the Brewers. He was pretty good except for his last inning against the Brewers in his first start where he threw shutout innings until the middle of the ball game. Uh, but tonight, he's got to have his secondary stuff. It's a touch-and-feel pitch. Um, with cold weather, that can be a little tougher to get that. But I will tell you this, and I've said this before, in the playoffs, and especially in the World Series against good-hitting teams, like the Red Sox are and the Dodgers are, both pitchers have to have their secondary pitch early. And for David Price, it's the changeup. And for Ryu, it's also the changeup and the curve. And they ha they can't just go, oh, I'm going to just establish my fastball early, and then I'll bring my breaking stuff along in a second or third inning. If you wait to do that, you'll be down three or four runs early, and you'll get knocked out. So that's going to be the key tonight for both guys. Number one is command. Number two, their secondary pitch. And again, for David Price, he had a great changeup, which he hasn't used much but he did the other day against the Houston Astros to, to win that ballgame. And the same thing for Ryu. Command and the secondary stuff has to be available and ready from the first pitch on of the ballgame. Oh, you jumped ahead of me for David Price. I was going to ask you that, so I've got one more thing I want to throw at you. I love the approach of the Red Sox hitter last, hitters last night, except for Ian Kinsler. I sent you a text during the game that his swing was swinging for uh, the green monster, but everybody else approached Clayton Kershaw and the rest of the Dodger bullpen with a two-strike approach. How does that play in tonight if they continue that versus Ryu? Yeah, Kinsler is not the same guy he was seven, eight years ago when Texas went to the World Series back-to-back -back years. Uh, he was a pull hitter with power in those years, and he would uh, catch up with the fastball. Now he's chasing a lot of sliders in the dirt. Kershaw got him on uh, a slider. He also got him on a curveball. And Ryu will try to do the same thing if Kinsler's in the lineup tonight. He's still a good defensive player, but he's got to use the field like the rest of the Red Sox because everybody knows that he's a pull power hitter, especially in Fenway Park. Um, he had good at-bats against uh, Verlander in that last game uh, when the, they beat the Astros to clinch. 
Uh, he went the other way, if you remember, in a really big at bat. Of course, Verlander was pitching him fastballs away. Uh, he wasn't changing speeds that much, so Kinsler finally just put the bat on the ball and went to right field, got a big base hit, and uh, of course they opened up the ball game and beat beat the Houston Astros. So he's got to do that against Ryu. If you try to pull the ball against Ryu, you're going to go down swinging a couple times against tonight. Again tonight. Now you want Kinsler in there for defense. He's a good de- second baseman still. I'm sure the lineup in the lineup he'll be out there again. But in L.A., I think it might be a different story. You might see Mookie Betts at second base because you definitely want J.D. Martinez's bat in the middle of that lineup at Dodger Stadium. He's a difference maker. There you go, folks. You're ready for Game 2 of the World Series. Kevin Kennedy, Rich Rare, thanks for joining us on America's Best Baseball Podcast. Thanks for joining us for America's Best Baseball Podcast. Our podcast was produced by Braden Suppernant. Find us on Facebook at America's Best Baseball Podcast. You can find Kevin at Kevin Kennedy MLB on Twitter, and you can find Rich on Twitter at RBI Rich. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.